0: And welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Wednesday. I'm going to let the record show right now because I know Dustin's going to complain about it tomorrow. I had nothing to do with this chair, but I know me, uh, me like putting it out there makes it seem even sketchier. That maybe I had something to do with this chair. I walked in. It was like there. I got screws loose. I got all sorts of problems. I'm trying to figure. I'm playing chair roulette back here. It's so weird how sometimes you can just, you can have a chair. You can have something you vibe with. And then if it just kind of goes haywire, it just throws your whole day out of whack. It just throws your whole situation out of whack. I feel good about the situation I'm in right now, but we just need the, the record to show because I imagine at some point the, the guy at night always ends up getting blamed for things is how this works. It's just how it goes down. It could have happened during Baskin and Phelps. It could have happened during some part of afternoon drive with any of the 12 million people that come in and out of the studio. For some reason, the guy at night always ends up taking the blame. So I need to just put myself out in front of this one. Not me. Had nothing to do with it. I am having a fantastic day outside of the fact that I'm bracing myself for everyone in the entire station to think that I broke this chair even though I walked in and it's how I found it. Outside of that, it's been a lovely day. Very fantastic. Hope you guys have enjoyed your day as well. And we got a ton to get to. Daryl Ryder joining us at 8 o'clock with the latest on Shelby Harris. I think it's a good move for the defensive line. I think we need a depth. It's weird when you have injuries. And you had, the you know, obviously the two picks from last year, Isaiah Thomas, Alex Wright, both end up injured, and it just kind of felt like these are the type of moves they make because they can. He is a much better player than I think what a lot of the rest of the NFL believes he is. But ultimately, he's the type of player that makes the Browns better. It's a good move. Good move for the Browns. You know, we had so much money, so much open money. And it's so odd when you look at the open money because the Browns spent more more money than anyone else in the NFL by $12 million on the offensive side of the ball. And yet we still had $13 in cash just sitting there hanging out if you wanted to make a move and getting someone like DeAndre Hopkins or someone like that when he was available. So good move by uh, the Browns with Shelby Harris. We're going to get to the latest with Deshaun Watson and whether or not he's going to be doing anything more than one drive, two drives, what his role is going to be within the preseason game on Friday, what my expectations are for him. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. we got Daryl Ryder coming your way at 8 o'clock. But where I want to start with you guys is it's Johnny Manziel Jason. So if you're tired about Johnny, it's not a Johnny Manziel segment. And I need you guys to know that. It's just Johnny Manziel and Jason. I did not get a chance to watch the documentary that has taken the entire sports documentary world by storm. It's funny. Yesterday, there was three things that released. You had the Johnny documentary. You had the Hard Knocks, which, by the way, did not get very good reviews. Decent numbers, decent viewership, not very good reviews early on by a scattered amount of different people. Industry insiders. And then we had the Bill Simmons documentary on Scoot Henderson and some of the guys that are going to play their rookie season in the NBA. And I have, for someone that loves sports documentaries as much as I have, I did not watch the Johnny Menzel one yet because my wife texted me yesterday. The plan was to watch it this morning. My wife texted me, said, hey, yeah, you know, my wife, you know, from Solon, Lived in Cleveland her whole entire life. She's invested in Johnny Manziel in that story. She said, I'd like to watch that one. We just recently watched the Jake Paul, Logan Paul one on that Untold. The same people, we watched the Manti Teo one. The same people that created that as well, created this documentary. They've been doing good work. They're solid. They're short. They're not like 30 for 30 where they take on you know a really long amount of time. It's not the Jordan one where it's 10 episodes. It's an hour. It's an hour. You're in, you're out. You get a good story. So I'm going to wait to the weekend to watch that one with her. we got a flight to Kansas City, and I think that's what we're going to end up doing. One of those weird, like, Saturday morning, but we come back Sunday night things. My uh, little niece's second birthday party, so we got to go to that. So I'm going to have some time is the point. I'm saving that one till there. What I thought was fascinating, though, is I was listening to some people discuss Johnny Manziel and talk about Johnny Manziel, and obviously I've had my own thoughts on the topic. You heard me last night with Daryl. And Ray Farmer kept coming up. And the national people. Ray Farmer kept coming up. And they were going back to quotes that Ray Farmer had from 2016, from six years ago, seven years ago. It's not like Ray Farmer recently spoke on the matter. But back in 2016, he spoke about Johnny Manziel, and he said there are very few decisions made in anybody's draft in a vacuum. The GM very, very, very rarely says, hey, I'm taking this guy, and there's nothing anybody else can say about it. The head coach doesn't do it. The owner doesn't do it. In that case, I would tell you that there were a lot of conversations that happened and the selection was made. And I I thought it was interesting that the national rhetoric, and it was very brief, but it was very blunt to me, was how they brought up that it was Ray Farmer's decision. We know better because we're here. How many times have have you heard the story about the temporarily unhoused person and Jimmy Haslam? We know that story. And then I was thinking about it, and I don't know why I had to have this, like, aha uh-huh moment. But everyone's discussing, you know, Johnny watching no tape. We make fun of Kirk Cousins, the Ned Flanders of the NFL, in the hotel room, studying with the flashcards, practicing the plays with his wife in the Netflix documentary. We make fun of those guys sometimes. Those those are the type of guys, though, that you never have to worry about. You now Johnny's saying he watched no tape. Why is it that that became an part of the story? It became part of the story because it was so alarming that the Browns were able to make this selection... And not do enough research on who exactly Johnny Manziel is and what he was going to be in the NFL. And so that's where I go back to Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam made that selection. We can debate about who made the Baker Mayfield selection. I honestly think the conclusion there, and I have no, there's no inside information here. This is just all me thinking what happened in my own brain. Connecting dots that we're never going to be able to actually connect. Not going uh, to have as much of an opportunity in life to prove that aliens are real than I will the following story that I believe. But when it came to Baker Mayfield, I believe John Dorsey fell in love with him when he watched him play at Kansas. The the crotch grab game, Dorsey in attendance, he absolutely loved it. the The, the Ohio State flat flag was one, but it was really it was the it was the crotch grab at Kansas where he was absolutely electric. I think John Dorsey fell in love with Baker there, and I think he was able to convince you know Haslam that. Baker was the guy, but I don't think it was a tough convince of Jimmy Haslam, a tough uh, a tough. Uh, I was gonna say convincement, but that's not that's not any anywhere close to proper English. So we're off to a fantastic start today. But there was enough conviction there from John Dorsey that when it's Jimmy Haslam's type, it's Jimmy Haslam's type. It, it doesn't take much. And think about that draft. Josh Rosen was not an adult. By no means was Josh Rosen an adult. Sam Darnold, you can make a case that maybe he was more of an adult than most, but Josh Allen was the guy. Josh Allen was the adult in the room. There's no mistaking it. Out of that draft class, the one with the most amount of success and the one that has really panned out has been the one that was truly the adult in the room, and that is Josh Allen. So I was thinking about that with Jimmy Haslam. I'm going through. I'm like, all right, so that's he he likes one type of guy, and that's Johnny Menzel. He likes another type of guy, and that's Baker Mayfield. And and the theme we're getting at here in 0 for 2 is the idea that neither one of these guys I would trust to run a company. Neither one of these guys, I would say, are corporate quarterbacks. Neither one of these guys, I would say, are the epitome of true professionalism. And I think that is something that when we talk about Jimmy Haslam and some of his traits, whether we like or don't like, what I do wonder about, and this is why we're going to do open forum on this one, I wonder about when it comes to Deshaun Watson if you need your quarterback to be an adult in order to succeed. Johnny clearly wasn't. Baker, you can argue, the best year Baker had in 2020 was because it was the best year he had in being an adult. You know, he kind of got fat shamed, which is weird that we did that, but we kind of did that. Athletes, I think, is very different than normal people when it comes to, uh, hey, put on 10, 15 pounds. Maybe you got to get that corrected. Happened with Zion Williamson in the NBA, right? He, He hit three bills, and people were like, hey, uh, I don't know that you can weigh that much and play in the NBA. But, you know, we got on Baker. We did. We, we got on Baker because it, it looked like he was out of shape. It looked like he wasn't working as hard. And then 2020, he got in shape. He was a professional, as professional as I've ever seen him. And you're off to the races. The, the guy that was tackled by cops in college in Oklahoma all of a sudden turned into a consummate pro, and then he was good. And then 2020 happened, and then he obviously got injured, and the rest was downhill. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson... The part that alarms me, I guess, is that Jimmy Haslam and the group that scouted out Johnny Manziel and then scouted out Baker Mayfield and tried to do their due diligence, they clearly didn't spend enough time figuring out who these guys are and whether or not they can be professional and whether or not they can actually be the type of person that can lead a locker room, hence what we saw with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and all the blow-ups there, and then Johnny Manziel that is very well documented and highlighted now in this documentary. But when it comes to Deshaun, they didn't ask him about those type of questions. You know, when they got in that meeting room in Houston to try to give him their sales pitch, they spent an hour and a half talking football. Uh, People have got hired at McDonald's with more of a thorough job interview as far as for who you are as a human person and character than what Deshaun Watson went through. No one questioned anything about Deshaun Watson. And I wonder if Jimmy Haslam is attracted to the nonsense. I wonder if part of Jimmy Haslam is he sees talent and he sees ability with these quarterbacks and that's all he has his tunnel vision on. And he doesn't think about whether or not these guys are actually adults. And whether or not Haslam is holding the Browns back with what he lets a quarterback be. And I thought it was fascinating that Ray Farmer got the blame publicly for the call on Johnny Menzel when we all know it was Jimmy Haslam. And I think Deshaun Watson is not going to fall on the shoulders of Andrew Barry that same way. I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't work out, we're going to have more and more come back and say, yeah, I mean, you guys know who, got, who gave the green light here. It was clearly Jimmy Haslam. Haslam is the one that makes the calls. It was his $231 million on the line. He's the one that had to make the decisions. It was obvious. But I'm just, I'm genuinely curious as to where you stand. Because I honestly, as many sports thoughts as I've given... I've never given this one a true thought the way I'd like to do so tonight. 216474 to below 92. Does your quarterback need to be an adult in order to succeed? Johnny wasn't. Baker wasn't. Seems like Deshaun at this point in his career hasn't been, but I'm open to the idea that maybe he gets on the right track. But if, if Haslam is the type of owner that makes the most important decision when it comes to the quarterback, and I believe he did in the first two, and I have no problems with believing he made the decision when it came to Deshaun Watson because it was his checkbook on the line at the end of the day. He at least had to co-sign saying $231 million guaranteed. Let's go do it. I wonder if for some reason Jimmy Haslam believes that you don't need to give off that CEO, that corporate energy, in order to be a really good quarterback the way that a lot of really good quarterbacks across the NFL do. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, all these other quarterbacks, the the greats of the greats that we've seen in recent years, they all give off that corporate, I'm going to be a, I I would fit in at a 9-to-5 job just the same way as I would fit in doing what I currently do and playing in the NFL. But it's interesting. Johnny never fit that. Baker never fit that. And as of right now, Deshaun doesn't fit that either. But does that bother you? to below 92 does a quarterback need to be an adult in order to succeed? We'll do that. We'll get to the latest with Deshaun Watson, what you guys need to see on Friday. will rider coming your way at 8 o'clock on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. Twitter reactions brought to you by our friends at Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I'm bad to call into Twitter. I can't call it X. I call it X, and none of you guys know what the hell I'm talking about. So I got to call it Twitter. Twitter reactions, Shabbin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Rio Xavier P., did you really think they gave $230 million with zero background checks? I, I have no evidence that they did a background check. I have as much evidence that if you go down to the local fast food restaurant and you want to get a job, they'll do more of a character judgment than what the Browns did for Deshaun Watson. What are we talking about? Are we, talk, are we talking about character assessments? What? That's insane. Listen, I'll go to bat for Deshaun Watson in a lot of different areas. I'll go to bat for this Browns team in a lot of different areas. What background check do you think they did on Deshaun Watson? No, what happened was simple. They were they were in the process of trying to convince Deshaun Watson that he should play in Cleveland. He had three other shooters that were willing to pony up a lot of money. And if you look at those teams, by the way, historically those teams, Carolina went and risked, good, risk, uh, risked it with Baker as well. Atlanta and New Orleans. Atlanta had Matt Ryan for a million years. And before that, uh, with New Orleans, they had Drew Brees for a million years. Neither one of these teams that we're talking about were truly awesome at picking out quarterbacks or have, or excuse me, had a lot of experience in picking out quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, New Orleans did it with Brees and Atlanta did it with Matt Ryan, but they didn't, it's not like they knocked it out of the park because they had a guy for 15 years. That's, that's the Belichick rule right there. Belichick, it's like, oh, does he know how to do quarterbacks? I don't know. He had the same one for 20 years. I have no idea if he knows how to do quarterbacks. He's got a whole two decade blip in his, in his, uh, job description of having to teach quarterbacks because he had, he had someone as good as Tom Brady. Real Xavier P goes on to say, Watson is 10 times above Baker and Johnny. Watson is an adult. Uh, I have no evidence that Watson is an adult. I, I, here's what I'm saying. I'm not going to try to make this I don't think Deshaun Watson is an adult campaign. That's not what I'm going for. I think Jimmy Haslam is attracted and highlighted to, or at least drawn to, quarterbacks that are a little reckless, that uh, that have a little bit uh, of question marks in their past one way or another. I think that's 100% true. 100%. But I've got no evidence. I don't want to make it seem like I'm coming after Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson here. I just have no evidence of him being an adult. And it, it goes beyond just the alleged side of things. Like, oh, all these teammates say that he's a leader. Okay, fine. The teammates said Baker was a leader too. It, it, you, I can find guys. Uh, go find what Austin Hooper said about Baker Mayfield two months ago. Two months ago. I'm not going back into the, like, the, I'm in, like, uh, before high def TV was a thing. I'm, I'm talking two months ago. Dude is talking up Baker Mayfield like he was Joe Montana. There, there was always, there's a lot of guys in Baker's Corner. There's a lot of guys in Baker's Corner. How we had Joe Hayden on earlier today. We'll play a clip from Joe in a second, but Joe Hayden, uh, was waxing poetic about his time with Johnny Manziel. Uh, people like these guys. That's the, it's not a personality quirk. People love Johnny Manziel. People genuinely were drawn to Johnny Manziel. Baker Mayfield was very gregarious, very charismatic. He was a little bit of a, in-your-face type guy. But if you were Baker's guy, you were Baker's guy. I I saw it firsthand. I saw people just melt into putty around Baker Mayfield. But when it comes to Deshaun, I I have zero evidence. I can't compare DW to these other two clowns. Uh, I I guess I can. But the question isn't even about that. It's not necessarily a, a comparison of Johnny Manziel to Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson. It's more the realization that... When it comes to Jimmy Haslam, who I believe is making the decision within the quarterback of the Browns, I think he's drawn to some chaos. I think this is what he likes. Good franchises, and it's what I want the Browns to eventually be. I hope they're on that trajectory. Good franchises don't live in chaos. Are you know the best marriages in life? Best marriages in life are very they're, they're a lazy river ride. They're the they're the easiest thing in planet Earth. I've been in some pretty chaotic relationships in my day. What I love about my relationship with my wife is that we don't fight. We don't get in arguments. It's like they we're basically the Ned Flanders of relationships. We're we're very tame. It's it's a it's a great time. It's absolutely a hundred percent healthy. That's what I'm talking about. The people Jimmy Haslam, the quarterbacks Jimmy Haslam, wise. I, I can't rip Ray Farmer. Ray Farmer's getting destroyed today for the Johnny Manziel selection. That wasn't Ray Farmer's decision. That, that was clearly a Jimmy Haslam decision, and I'm wondering if our owner likes the chaos just a little bit too much. You can't tell me that he doesn't love chaos. When he goes for Johnny, he goes for Baker, and then with Deshaun Watson, that man brought the whole circus to town. And maybe he gets it corrected, maybe he does, but I've got no evidence of that right now. I'm sorry. As much as I want to go ahead and give Deshaun Watson the the parade for Super Bowls and everything else, we also got to pump the brakes. We know very little about this man. We've seen very little with Deshaun Watson as well. We don't know him the way that we even knew Baker Mayfield by the time this whole thing was said and done. But I'm just trying to have a simple convo. There's no wrong answers here. There's no wrong answers. I just want to know whether or not you think a quarterback needs to be an adult in order to succeed. Like Maybe you think they don't. I tend to think when it comes to guys like Patrick Mahomes, that's an adult right there. You know, he doesn't go out and party. His family does. He doesn't go out and party really, though. He's more concerned about bringing a bunch of Whataburgers to Kansas City and owning part of the Royals. He's like, how many things can I buy today? That's Patrick Mahomes' mindset. Can I golf with my buddies and how many things can I buy? Tom Brady. What was fantastic about Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, was that we finally watched him let the hair down a little bit and get a little tipsy on tequila that day. It's like, wow, wow, Tom is, woo, we've never seen him act like this. You know, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning while playing was so dull that if there was a Pixar movie of a glass of water, they would cast him. He's boring. And boring is good for an NFL quarterback. The Johnny documentary in the comments from Ray Farmer The light bulb went off for me just a little bit. I I just hadn't connected the dots that the the person in charge who clearly has all to say in the matter doesn't seem to think who you are as a person. What you convey to the outside world matters. Haslam has been the one pulling the strings on the most important decisions with that position. It's gone beyond the quarterback. It, it, It really truly does. But the quarterback is the most important part in sports. And he's the one making the call on it. And I just think he doesn't care about whether or not these guys are corporate. I just don't think he cares about whether or not uh they're the type of guy that, you know, you could bring around your family and make sure that at dinner, they're not making a fool out of themselves. You know, presidential. Regal. Johnny was not that. Baker was not that. I've got no evidence that Deshaun Watson is that. 216-474-0092. Dave in Broadview Heights of Next Time a Fan. Hello, Dave. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Dave? Uh... I totally agree with you with Deshaun Watson.
1: The, the other thing that those quarterbacks all have is they, they have the ability, like the, the desire to win is just – and, and they, they find a way to win. They find a way to close out games. And I, I think if you remember back with with Deshaun Watson, he said no to Cleveland. So there were, I think there were five teams, and he eliminated two. And Cleveland was one of the teams that he eliminated – didn't want to play in the cold weather. Didn't want to be there. And It, it I, I was, think it was then down the, to
0: four, but he denied us to begin with. It was down to four because I, yeah. I remember vividly: it was the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, and then us. I always thought, Dave. I thought and I might be wrong on this. I always thought he denied us because it was his. Uh, it was a. It was a tactic. It was a play to try to get the most money possible, and he got it. No, I I,
1: I think what happened,
0: but now. you could be, and, and you could. Yeah, I, I I think what happened
1: was he. He said no to Cleveland, and then he had his demands for his guaranteed contract, and nobody else would do it. And then Jimmy stepped in, and I, it, yeah, it's I'm clearly Jimmy's Jimmy's show. Jim, and you're, you're hitting it right on the head. Jimmy's the one who's been picking these quarterbacks. I, I think they gave Baker a little bit of a raw deal. I wasn't a big, I didn't want to pick Baker to begin with, but he played well, and 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 then he got hurt, and they played him when he was hurt. You know, and kind mm-hmm. of threw him under the bus a little bit, but. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I don't see it with Deshaun Watson. Here's what I don't see. I don't see Joel Bittantonio's wife, who I don't even know if he has a wife, or things like that. It's tough for that guy to be a leader with, with what he's done in the past. I mean, we can all move on. People make mistakes. His were pretty pretty heinous, though. And I just don't see him being able to be that leader based on, on what he's done in the past. And I, I don't really see him as a leader, and clearly – whether you like Baker or not, he was a leader. I mean, Baker Baker led that team. And when, when Baker, you know, uh, won that first game and they opened up the Bud Light uh, coolers and all that, I mean, Baker had
0: that team, had, had, had him right in his palm of his hand. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I appreciate you. And that was Baker at his best. That was Baker at his best. There's no doubt about it. I really do believe you got presidential corporate Baker for one season, 2020. And it was the best we'd ever seen him. You got him for one year. He went from that, uh, that that 2019 season where his eyes were opened a little bit, the disaster Freddie Kitchen's year. He got one good year out of Baker where everyone around him bought into what he was doing, and he really did feel like a leader. He really did. He overcame a lot of the, uh, you know, being chased by cops at Oklahoma, a lot of those different other background noise stories. So ultimately, though, he fell into who he is. He fell into who he is. Because, no, I like Baker. I like Baker a lot, but he fell into who he is. And that's why I do wonder. I wonder, does a quarterback need to be an adult in order to succeed? How that was the line that they gave when they kicked Baker to the curb. They said, we need an adult in the room. They didn't think Baker was enough of an adult, which is, again, high comedy to then go to Deshaun Watson, who I have zero accounts of him being an adult. I'm rooting for Deshaun. I really am. I just think Jimmy Haslam is attracted to people that bring the circus to town, and he's attracted to quarterbacks in particular that don't necessarily have the same traits that you would find in what you're currently looking around the NFL and seeing. You know, Patrick Mahomes, say all you want about him. That is a, that is a, as corporate as it gets. Joe Burrow, same thing. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, all these guys, same type of story. They are, they are as with it when it comes to being leaders, when it comes to having control of the locker room, when it comes to giving off that impression. That not only can they lead a team, but, but if you hired them for a nine to five job, they would be promoted within six months and then you'd want them over for dinner every single night to hang out with your family and all these other type of attributes that you typically find endearing and you typically find would work. They're just, they're just solid all around humans that also are solid all around people within every aspect of football as well. 216474 to below 92. Matt up next on the fan. Hello, Matt. Hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up,
1: Matt? Hey, uh, hey, I just wanted to say that um, to me, there was no decision to make. The reality was, Baker was trash, and and you had a chance to get a guy who had these talents. Um, all the other teams blinked. You swooped in, you you took the deal. Whether it was Jimmy's decision or or the coaches, it doesn't matter. You had to make the move. It was common sense. I'll uh, take your comments
0: off there. All right, thank you, Matt. Yeah, and again, i it's not like I've killed the Browns for making that decision, but I do find it funny in the context of this and wondering whether or not Haslam holds the Browns back with what he lets a quarterback be. It's funny that you replace Baker with somebody that has a lot of the same traits as not only Baker and Johnny Manziel when it comes to some of the chaos around them in their everyday life. And listen, you can you can talk about Deshaun Watson as if he's the world's greatest leader and all these other type of things. The man has brought more chaos than a Kardashian episode. It's, there's no hiding from that. It's been a year and a half. Year and a half at this point? Eh, what was it, March last year? March 3, 8, almost a year and a half. It's been a year and a half of constant chaos around Deshaun Watson and trying to figure out whether or not he's got that part of his life all figured out. And even if he does... What's he going to be able to do with it? You know, it might not be him not being in his playbook like Johnny Manziel, but again, I don't know. I, 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 We haven't been around Deshaun Watson enough to know what he is and isn't doing. Don't know. Can't give him the benefit of the doubt, especially since I know after watching what happened with the Browns and the people around Haslam, and I hope this would have changed. I hope this would have changed, but clearly they let them just do whatever the hell they wanted, which makes sense why Baker went the way that it did because Baker had four different coordinators in four years, And had no one holding him accountable to whether or not he actually had to study and do the work. The Johnny Manziel stuff and Baker added up to me in a big time way because they shared a lot of those same qualities. But Baker, I think once Baker thought he was great and after year one, I genuinely do believe he thought he was, he thought he was great. Then he, he did what most people do in life. When you succeed, you, you pull back on the gas a little bit. You don't go as hard. Why work 11-hour days if 10-hour days can get the job done? And I think Baker kept pulling back and pulling back until he got embarrassed in year two. Ultimately, to below 92 Just an open conversation with you guys. Does a quarterback need to be an adult in order to succeed? I've been thinking a lot about this. I have not spent a bunch of time on air discussing this type of uh, topic, but look at the NFL. Everyone across the NFL has a very corporate vibe to him. Is a very put-together, well-put-together vibe to him. And for some reason, between Johnny, between Baker, and between Deshaun, we bring the circus to town. Jimmy does not care about that. Jimmy's attracted to the quarterback that will wet chaos around him. Biggie in Cleveland up next on the fan. Well, Biggie.
2: What's up, man? Hey, Biggie. First of all, I want to say, if you think that Jimmy Haslam and his front office didn't do their due diligence on the sound Sean Watson, I think you're delusional.
0: How could they do their due diligence, Biggie? They, they when they got him, he was up for what twenty four different
2: alleged cases. Like, what are we talking about? But but okay, those cases has been settled. It seemed like not all of them. I, I, and I'm trying to be respectful, but it seemed like you got an extra grand with him. That's that's just what it seemed. Like. On one hand, you said. You're foreign, and on the second hand, you're screwing out his negative press. It's not negative press. Deshaun it's just w- I can't give him the benefit of the doubt he, right now. I don't know. Let me tell you what, this, let me tell you what Deshaun Watson brings. He brings arm talent, something we haven't had since Bernie Kosar. Yeah, Baker had a lot of arm talent, Biggie. He got arm
0: talent, man. I, I'm talking about the stuff beyond the arm talent, though. That's what I'm fascinated by. I know Deshaun okay, Watson that, can spin the that, ball. That's been settled, man. That's been settled. I'm not I'm not even talking about the cases, man. I'm not I'm not talking about the cases. I'm talking okay, about you, everything else. You said, you said he's not mature. I that, did not say he's not mature. Is, I said I don't know if he is mature. You said you said you saying that he's not a grown-up in the room, right? I'm asking you guys if you need an adult in the room. I haven't stated one way or another whether or not I think he's an adult in the room. Okay, left that off.
2: I believe, I believe he's an adult in the room. He got his team behind him. His team is behind him. That's what really counts. He got his whole team behind Wait, him. We don't know that. We don't know yes, that, Biggie. We yes, we do know it. Yes, They've been in training camp it. for a week and a
0: half. What are we talking about? He, those guys speak
2: admiration for for uh, for Jachal. He's got the whole that.
0: locker room behind him at this point, Biggie. He needs to open up one of those mega churches like Joe Austin and be one of those preachers because he can convert people quicker than
2: anybody. Maybe he can, but we as Cleveland Browns fans, we are excited at. The prospect of him bringing a championship to
0: the stone. I'm excited by that prospect too, Biggie. I hope he gets it done. And, and you can be an outlier in this discussion as well. You can be, and I appreciate you, Biggie. Thank you so much, man. You can be one of these rogue quarterbacks that gets it done, but just look around. Look at where the NFL is right now. Top five quarterbacks that Mike Sando all these quarterbacks that are, that are really truly elite and are at the top of their game. There's outliers in there. There's always going to be outliers. But for the most part, they do have a very corporate button-up vibe. to 4 92 I love this. I haven't given up my opinion one way or another on this. I haven't told you one thing, whether or not I'm for or against Deshaun Watson, and the people that want to think that I'm hating on Deshaun Watson, you hear what you want to hear, and you run off with it. I haven't done that at all. Now, I've ripped Baker in this. I've ripped Johnny in this. I'm saying we just don't know with Deshaun Watson. We don't know. But I do know that Jimmy Haslam attracts chaos. And that, that cannot be denied based off of what we've seen with Deshaun Watson over the previous year and a half. And then leading into that decision, all these people suggesting that uh, they've done the due diligence attached to landing Deshaun Watson, though. I I don't know where you get that off. They did their football due diligence, and that was it. They were so worried about landing him that they weren't concerned about what uh, really anything else. They had an hour-and-a-half sales pitch, and it was all football, all football. I leave that there. Uh, we come on back. I want to hear from you, though. 216-474-0092. If you're hanging, hang tight. We'll get Daryl Ryder's thoughts on this and more. He comes your way at 8 o'clock. But first, it's the Chevy Summer Drive at Classic Chevrolet in Manor. Shop Classic Chevrolet's high-quality inventory and special incentives like this great offer. Lease a 2023 Chevy Equinox LT for two eighty nine per month. It is Jonathan Bidlin here for Jeremy Hamilton and the entire wonderful team at Classic Chevy in Menor. Shop in person at the Classic Flagship Dealership, Route 615 in Menor, or you can view their their entire inventory of new and certified pre-owned Chevys online. As always, if you don't want to go in, it's okay. Stop online. DriveClassicChevy.com. DriveClassicChevy.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Hi. Daryl Ryder coming up in about 15 minutes. It's Overtime with Jonathan Bidlin. Now it's funny how these these documentaries with these quarterbacks have really they've really helped shape my opinion of the position in a lot of ways. You watch the Patrick Mahomes documentary and you just keep thinking to yourself, that is a that's an adult. That is a that is a corporate quarterback. That is a that is a quarterback right there, and his family might be bonkers. That's all right, it is what it is. A lot of us have family that are bonkers too, it happens. But him He's about owning pieces. He likes to own part of the Royals, Whataburger. His hobbies are golf, like he is. But you watch him how he carries himself. That man is doing work outside of the facility. That man is doing everything it takes to try to make his game and take his game to the next level. But really what you're learning is that there's so much about this that goes beyond just on-field talent. And watching the Johnny Manziel documentary, all you can do is think to yourself, whether it's Johnny, whether it's Baker, and now we look at Deshaun, I do wonder whether or not We've had a theme here when it comes to Jimmy Haslam quarterbacks, whether or not the theme is quarterbacks that have all the talent in the world, but then because of one reason or another, don't act like the corporate CEO quarterbacks that Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow and the other guys act like away from the field. That's what I wonder about with Deshaun. I know what happened with Johnny. We all know what happened with Johnny. He had so much talent, so much God-given unreal talent, and then he just blew it all away. The, the big story is Johnny watching no tape at all. And you look at that and you go, how did they let this happen? How did they let that get to this point? And then you fast forward and it's like, you know, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield 2020 was great. The one year I really do feel like he was a pro. I feel like he was very professional that year. And it came after 2019 where he was embarrassed about everything because he didn't play up to standards. The team stunk. And he got called out every which way. And then he buckled it, put it together, buckled up, put it together. And obviously then he got injured and it was what it was. But yeah, I I think there's a part of Jimmy Haslam that is drawn to the chaos. He had to sign off on all these quarterbacks, and I wonder whether or not that's something that will deter the Browns long term. I do. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, listen, I haven't stated my opinion one way or another. I've just asked you guys, do you need someone that needs to be a pro's pro in order to succeed? An adult off the field as much as they are an adult on the field, something that matches their talent level on the field with what they do with a personality and everything else. Do you need that? In order to truly have success. Cause I look around the NFL right now and there's a lot of corporate quarterbacks out there. There's a lot of Ned Flanders out there. A lot of really boring quarterbacks. And what I mean by that, I mean that they are able to take care of business. They are able to get the job done, put the head down, get to work and make things happen. And they're the ones having all the success. Peyton Manning was as boring as it gets. Tom Brady, watch that Tom vs. Time documentary. All he did, married to Giselle, had all the money in the world. All the shots in Time vs. Tom is of him with that one light on in his house, studying tape until eleven o'clock at night, while then waking up to eat avocado ice cream. I mean, what are we doing here? There's so much that goes into this beyond just talent, in my estimation. to below 92. And as far as Deshaun, listen, Haslam's already shown me he's attracted to chaos. I don't know if Deshaun is going to continue down that road or if he's gonna have something go off and be able to be, you know. Corporate quarterback. I just, I just don't know. But I, I'm telling you why all the national people are bouncing off the Browns right now. It's because they can't buy into the idea that Deshaun can get there to that same level that Mahomes is at, Burrow is at, and it's not on the field. He's got the talent. It's not on the field. It's got everything to do with what happens off the field. That's what they're questioning right now. Two one six four seven four double oh ninety two. to below ninety two. Alonzo up next on the fan. Hello, Alonzo.
2: Hey, how you doing? What's up, Alonzo? Not much now. I got a particular, I feel like this to the Browns simply because at the quarterback position through the years, we haven't had the talent. So I think when you, when you have an opportunity, you have to, you have to shoot. Now with you taking that risk, you know, it's, it's, you got to balance it out. It's like on the field, Deshaun Watson, he's that, you know, off the field before what happened, he was that that's the only flash in the pan so far, you know. And at this point, his talent trumps all of that. What 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 we know before the allegations and everything about Deshaun trumps all of that. We knew before the allegation he's a good guy in his neighborhood and his community, you know, he, he was quiet before all of that happened. So with that plus his talent, I think that in this particular situation, it trumps it all. And
0: I, isn't that kind of a isn't that kind of a farce though? And thank you, Alonzo. I appreciate you. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a farce? Oh, he was a great guy before all of these allegations, and it's like, well, all right, Oh, he's a great guy before he stole my money and took my truck and ran off with my wife. Well, oh, 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 well, okay, that doesn't make you that makes you not a good guy anymore, does it not? And listen again, they're all allegations. And, and I've told you before, he is either a psychopath or he's getting railroaded. It's either one of the two. I, I honestly don't know that answer. But what I do know is Jimmy Haslam did bring the chaos into the mix. Even if he thinks he's scot-free, even if he thinks he is 100% on the up and up and everything else, Jimmy Haslam, once again, like he did with Johnny, like he did with Baker, was attracted to the chaos. And I do wonder about that. A, a Long term, can Jimmy Haslam get over that idea? That for whatever reason, when it comes to quarterbacks that he likes, and I believe he is the overarching deciding decision on all of these moves, can he get over his infatuation with the chaos and his infatuation with quarterbacks that clearly, uh, when it comes to Johnny in this documentary, Ray Farmer's getting destroyed all day long nationally. It's not Ray Farmer's fault in my mind. Ray Farmer tries defending himself, but you got to read between the lines to figure it out. Haslam trusted a temporarily unhoused person instead. Okay, what do you think? Oh, take take Manziel. Okay, let's take Manziel. Great. All right. I just I'm looking at these quarterbacks a little bit differently than maybe I would have before all these documentaries came out. I'm looking at these quarterbacks now with the idea that. Who you are off the field does matter. I'm not asking him to, you know, come over to your house and, and have dinner or anything with that with you guys. I, I've never I've never bought into that idea. I I, I was the guy campaigning for Jalen Carter, okay? I I have no problem. And listen, that's not a quarterback. I think quarterbacks are different though. I, I think you can bring in the guys that wear the dark hats, but when it comes to your quarterback I think there's a different mentality that has to be at play. And I think it trickles down to the rest of the roster, and I think it trickles down to how everybody else operates. Like, listen, you know, Joe Hayden, again, Joe Hayden's a cornerback. Joe Hayden was a pro bowler in Cleveland before he was a pro bowler in Pittsburgh. He was on afternoon drive today. Listen to how it trickles down, okay? He was with Johnny, and he was talking about some of his experiences with Johnny. Again, this was out earlier today with Nick and Dustin. And think about how this permeates throughout the locker room, and, and not only around the locker room, but around the whole entire organization. We all like to have fun
2: once in a while. Yes. Yeah, any fun nights For with, sure. with Johnny? Oh, I had plenty of fun <laughs> nights with Johnny, man. So that's the crazy part. Like I know, but it it was it was a way like when he had a girl. I was I was with my wife. Right. We were we were doing cool nights, going out, doing dinners, doing the, doing the Barley House, right. doing yeah, the Room go. move. Yeah, it like, yeah. Wasn't no harm, no foul. But you know, just sometimes it could, you're just having innocent fun, just living a little life. So uh, it's it's tough to see. I mean, you could be doing a whole lot more, but right. you know, it's never never a bad thing. to Let your hair down sometimes.
0: I mean, you are who your environment is in a lot of ways. You know, my sister's an attorney in Chicago, and a part of what she, a couple jobs ago, she likes the job she's currently at, and the environment's a lot better. A couple jobs ago, though, uh, she was around, and she had a, a law firm, and, and she was, you know, trying to, you know, rise up the ranks as you tend to do, and... Part of that within that world was doing a lot of networking, but it also involved her going out every night and drinking and hanging out with people till you know eleven thirty, twelve, twelve thirty one, and then waking up and then going back and doing a whole day's work and then hanging out with the same people and then drinking and hanging out and doing all that and it was wash, rinse, repeat. And it's like the environment you put yourself into and the people at the top and the people at the top of that law firm—that's what they did—and it trickled down the entire way. Your quarterback sets the tone. You know, Manzel's going out every night at Barley House. Guess where Joe Hayden's hanging out? Barley House. I don't think it matters as much for cornerback, but it does matter as much for quarterback. All right, leave that there. we come on back. We'll get Daryl Ryder's thoughts on this. Also, the Shelby Harris signing as well. We got a ton to get into. Just exactly how many snaps would you play Deshaun Watson on Friday? Bunch to get to. But first, why do we call our podcast It's Always Game Day in Cleveland? Because Daryl Ryder tells you what he sees around each game of the season, including the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Download the West Virginia episodes to hear Andrew Barry and J.W. Johnson and look for two fresh episodes each week with Andy Baskin at 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app.